The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix podcast. Tune in today. I haven't even read Madeline's lolly review. I feel really unprepared for today, but anyway, we'll go on. This is Gone by Lunchtime. My name is Toby Mann. Hi, uh, with me today, um, Annabelle Lee Mather. Kia ora. Kia ora. And Ben Thomas. Kia ora. Everybody. You sound unsure of all our names today, including your own. I have um, spread the bulletin this morning, which involves getting up at five o'clock in the morning. So I'm no use to anyone. On mm. top of which, I mistook the potency of some hot sauce that I put on my lunch that I brought to work. Oh. Why are you laughing, Alice? Did you see me struggling with that? <laughs> She's like, I've tried it though. Yeah, it's hot, right? <laughs> it's horrible. It's, I thought it was going to be that normal stuff that we have. I didn't really pay attention. That's my own fault. And so I'm still kind of recovering from that. So I'm not responsible for any of what follows, listeners, except to say... Alice Webberdale, nice to have you. Thank you very much for um, producing us today. And um, thank you to Flick Electric, who make this hot sauce fueled podcast possible. Um, check out the offers they have via any politics post on our website. Also, do I shill the members at this point too? Don't, don't turn off the pod, it's going to get interesting in a second. Um, join up to spin off members and um, keep us in. Good quality journalism and hot sauce. How are you, Annabelle? Very well. Um, <clears throat> you thought the podcast was tomorrow. I did. I did. I apologise. I arrived half an hour late to my own podcast. It was feel, worth the wait. Feel rude. It was your idea. I know. This is the only time I you've know, ever wanted to do I one. I feel so like. embarrassed. <laughs> and I like totally dragged one of my friends at work today because she had missed two appointments in a row. And then I did this. It's very embarrassing. Sorry, guys. Um, ben, you were here early, as ever. You're. I just. I just like to spend time. You're just doing a lot mm. of punditing lately. You're. You're. You're right up there in terms of the pundit rankings. Pe- the people need content, Toby. Um, and also, there's been a lot of stuff happening. There has uh, been a lot of stuff happening, and most and of a it, lot of people out there in the discourse have been wrong about it. And so, so unfortunately, I've had no no option but to step in. You can't you can't sleep when there's wrongness to be put right. You can't just stand idly by while Helen Clark is tweeting away in silence, <laughs> with only, only the thin strains of concert FM being heard from Peter Davis's room. Um, Helen, if you're listening on, on your flight from 
Dubai to Swaziland or wherever you are, off to um, hello from Gone by Lunchtime. Can you word search your name on podcast audio files? I think Ben's mad that you blocked him on Twitter. Can you unblock Ben? She hasn't blocked me. She blocked Annabelle. Oh. She blocked me because she's a toxic feminist. But... (laughs) Whoa. But Ben, on the oh other hand, God. who like drags her all day oh, long shit. and even writes whole um, columns about her, he doesn't get blocked. Strange. Just be- benef- membership benefits of the patriarchy. <laughs> Helen Clark, I'm not going to block you. Um, love to have you on the pod. Helen Clark, if you come, um, uh, love your work. We'll maybe get to you a little bit more later. But Come on the pod, Helen, you coward. The um, Helen Clark is not a coward. She's uh, speaking forthrightly on a number of issues mostly Concert FM. The main issue of the day is donations and donations and the serious fraud office and donations. It feels as though, Annabelle Lee Mather, it feels as though donations could completely swallow up election year and all we'll be talking about is donations. It's a very donate time in the news cycle, isn't it? Um, I have thought a lot this week about when Winston Peters announced that he was going to go with Jacinda Mm. and how there was like a kind of ripple of optimism around the country that perhaps the old war horse Mm. had reached his prime Mm. and was going to ascend to the rank of an elder statesman of the New Zealand Parliament and we mm-hmm. were going to see him like drape his kōrōwai over this young optimistic mm. Prime Minister mm. who was what was it, bursting with unrelenting enthusiasm Relentless or whatever, relentlessly, positivity. all of that yes. and that there was going to be this change in politics you know, which was, seemed very exciting and and mm. um, and delicious in the moment. But then, of course, you know, we remember that he does have a habit of imploding with his coalition partners. But this time it was like, no, it's going to be different. Mm. Could be different. He's older now. He's growing. But um, here we are. Um, And it seems like um, far from becoming an elder statesman, he's like ranting and raving on Facebook and playing Radio Gaga at the at the press stand up. It's just the most he's like um, undignified um, behaviour from our deputy prime minister, and um, the PM seems cool with it. So uh, he played Radio Gaga on his phone to the media um, pack in Parliament yesterday, yesterday being Tuesday, today's Wednesday, I think, um, as a way of kind of diverting. That's a favourite tactic of his. And he will also be, um, for those of you who are disappointed by recent cancellations, he will be playing the complete works of Elton John on his phone (laughs) at Mount Mount Stadium tonight and tomorrow night. Um, But he also has been doing... Well, let's backtrack a little bit. Do you just, think just he'll to, do a TikTok video, like with Radio Gaga and maybe the no sign, and it'll be just like a big do one of the mashup dances. of all his... Yeah, with Bo. Like, it started so well with all the Bo content that was produced by the spinoff.co.nz, Bo being his chocolate chocolate Labrador. Did you see that? Mm, no. A heckin' good doggo. It could only go down from there. Let's just quickly um, remind those of you 
who haven't been paying close attention that the story, the reason we talk about Winston Peters is because he's been on the defensive, and of course the defensive means the aggressive. Um, he's been attacking the media particularly um, after a series of stories have appeared on RNZ and on Stuff by Guy Nespina and Matt Shand respectively, relating to Newton. the New Zealand, and Kate Newton, quite right, on RNZ, um, the, uh, relating to, well, she didn't have the, um, she wasn't photographed as Espiner and Shand were, um, uh, and those photos then found their way to the BFD website, which is basically Whale 2.0. The photos were of the journalists meeting with the former president of the New Zealand First, of New Zealand First Party, Gray, what's his name? Lester Mr. Gray. Gray. Um, uh, um, what am I doing? I'm garbled. Sounds like a baddie in a Superman movie. So, oh, yeah, so, so, this, so there's two, there's two <coughs> things that... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think there's two things wait. that Winston Peters oh. is really in, in the gun for. <laughs> so this is, this, is, this is the first one, which I is the revival of dirty politics. Man. Sorry. It's all right. You I go. It's a slow segue, but yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. It was bad. It was, Look, it I was had great. a lot of hot sores. <laughs> you woke up very early. Sorry, Ben. We digress. But I, I mean, the, the, so this is one of the, this is probably the less serious part, you know, to scandal that Winston Peters is facing right now. Hang on, which is the least serious part? This is, this the, is the, the photos. The photos the is f- the least serious part. Yeah, so what happened is, and, and this is the interesting thing, if, if Winston Peters I has, entirely agree, but yeah. has suggested been working with the successor to the Whale Oil blog to do dirty politics by the playbook described in the book Dirty Politics mm. but Nikki Hager um, to attack these journalists then first of all I think that's it's a weird strategic mistake because who the fuck reads the BFD? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the photo the photos were on the website for about a week before Peter Williams on Magic Talk Radio asked Winston Peters about it. Then, because who the fuck listens to Magic Talk, it was about another three days <laughs> before that Aaron made it to the mainstream media. I'm so excited for Peter Williams. <laughs> like, you go, you little newsbreaker, all the way over on Magic. A really quick parenthesis on that, which I think was particularly funny, given Magic Talk, every tiny little fucking diatribe or controversy that happens between its guest and some rando from some organisation gets turned into a big breaking story on News Hub because they're just, you know, working the content machine. Hey, Alice. Um, But (laughs) Alice used to work there. Um, uh, she's doing something else. She doesn't know what I'm talking about. That's right. Um, any, like but, any, 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 anything that actually, Sean Plunkett wants to do will get two weeks of hype on his Twitter they, account. Actually, and there's a real story emerges on them. Another radio station excavates <laughs> it from, <laughs> <laughs> from mid-morning. <laughs> and, and it was a genuine scoop. Peter Williams yeah, asked about these these covert photos, mm. you know, that certainly looked like they were taken without the knowledge of Matt Shand, Guy Nespiner and Lester mm. Gray and Tauranga. And said, "What was the deal with these photos on this right-wing attack blog?" And Winston Peter said, "We took the photos." Mm. And Peter Williams said, "Why?" And he said, "To show the media that you know we 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 will do to them what they do to everyone else." So a clear element of score settling, a clear admission. Mm. You know, I think we all know how like the first person plural works as a pronoun, mm. and the, and and then this this caused you know a, a, a pretty yeah a bit of a media maelstrom. Then. Later in the day, uh, Winston Peters tweeted that actually, 
it was nothing to do with him or the party. Mm. Uh, Jacinda Ardern, the, evening, the, the Prime Minister yeah. Jacinda Ardern described that as a clarification of mm. his original comments rather than a complete reversal and different story entirely. Since then, the Prime Minister, when she's been asked about it and whether she approves of those tactics and whether she has talked to the Prime Minister, uh, the Deputy Prime Minister, Winston Peters, about it, uh, has said that he's made public statements about it, mm. clarifying what happened, um, and that she and, and has given every indication that she will not talk to him about it. You know, she will duck out of the room, she will jump into a taxi, she'll, you know, hire, hire a lime scooter and zip across the parliamentary courtyard rather than be in a position where she has to discuss this with her deputy prime minister. Uh, who she is responsible or who is responsible to the prime minister for his conduct, both in his ministerial portfolios, as a politician and, and in his personal conduct, under the cabinet manual, which all ministers uh, sign up to. I mean, the counterpoint to that is that this is a matter relating to the New Zealand First Party and the New Zealand Foundation, which, by the way, has now triggered a investigation, a formal investigation by the serious fraud office we learned yesterday. But it is still unequivocally a party matter. And Ardern's position, which I have some sympathy with, is that she can't be expected to police every activity of someone, which is, we often make jokes about people wearing hats, and sometimes it's silly, but I don't think there can be any ambiguity about Winston Peters in terms of those photos, in terms of the role of the foundation, in terms of the SFO investigation, is a party leader rather than a deputy prime minister. Isn't that fair? Yeah, that's entirely fair, but the cabinet manual is very explicit. Um, Interestingly enough, the Prime Minister on Radio New Zealand told Susie Ferguson the Cabinet Manual is not explicit on these issues. The Cabinet Manual is incredibly explicit on these issues. It says that personal conduct of ministers, uh, they are accountable to the Prime Minister for that, and they have to uphold the highest ethical standards when they're doing that. Now, the Prime Minister has said that she's not willing to, to investigate this, but, you know... If she wants to draw a distinction between things he does in his role as party leader or things he does as a keen fisherman up in Fananaki or things he does as a keen better on the old GGs at the horse track and work he does as a minister, well, that's fine. But she's still got to apply some kind of standard, i.e. the highest ethical standards, to that behaviour. You know, Donald Trump used to say, I could stand on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any votes. And Jacinda Ardern seems to be saying that Winston Peters could stand on Lambton Key, shoot somebody and not be summoned in for a please explain by the Prime Minister unless he shot a diplomat on the way to some, you know, foreign affairs drinks because that's in his portfolio. Mm. Now, that's obviously ludicrous. It's, it's clearly ludicrous. And of course, there's got to be some point at which the behaviour affect to change and um, uh, I, I mean implicit in that is that this is not of the severity. She has said two things. One, we want natural justice to play out insofar as the SFO investigation is concerned which at very least buys some time. She's also said Annabelle insofar as the mo- <coughs> excuse me insofar as the moral dimension is concerned that she wouldn't be she doesn't approve of these blogs or these sorts of websites in a reference to well do you think she could have done more. I mean, she could obviously stand Winston Peters down, but do you think you would have liked to see at least a bit more of a kind of stake in the ground morally? Like she could just say, 
I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't approve of these things. I, I, I would have thought that she could come out and make a, a, a strong statement without completely imploding the coalition. I would have thought that that wouldn't. I mean, we have New Zealand First regularly come out and criticise um, policies or rule things in or out. You know, Ehu Mata was a recent example. So I would have thought that she would have had the the political capital to have been able to say um, that it's really unbecoming behaviour and I would have thought at the very least given that it's been referred to the serious fraud office which is you know a significant organisation it's not like um, you know some internal review that there would be grounds for standing him down until that's come out I just want to go back to the issue with with um, Guyon and Matt Shand. You mm. know, as a journalist, I um, have seen firsthand how poorly um, whistleblowers get get treated. Now, I'm not saying that Lester is necessarily in that position, but I've seen um, and I've done stories where people have come out and called out government departments and and whatnot for um, serious misconduct and you know there's been cases that have gone to the serious fraud office and have been prosecuted and those whistleblowers have been treated so poorly they've lost jobs um, they've lost income they've had their reputations tarnished and we do very little to support them so that there is a deputy prime minister out there who is a part of you know photographing um, journalists as they go about their business that should be really concerning for all of us in the media and for anyone who believes in the freedom of the media and the role the media plays in you know supporting our democracy so I think that that's also an, um, an, another issue that she should have come out much more strongly on uh, yeah, I've been meaning to look up again uh, Winston Peters' speech, which he delivered at the Beehive Theatre towards the end of last year, when he presented himself as the knight in shining armour, saving New Zealand media because it's so important mm. to have those yeah. independent voices. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kind of an interesting uh, compare and contrast. Um, ben, yeah, I think it's interesting. I did a quick uh, Google search or Hansard search. Just the kind of research you get at. Um, gone by lunchtime <laughs> the, uh, the the international community of scholars and just looked for a few of the things that members of the Labour Party and the Greens have described as dirty politics mm. since the release of Nikki Hager's 2014 mm. book of the, the same name um, they described the National Party holding a public meeting to discuss conservation issues in the South Island as dirty politics. Um, they, I think they, they, they described you know, a series of ads that the, the National Party did as dirty politics. Um, and yet when we have the Deputy Prime Minister seemingly collaborating with the protagonists of the book Dirty Politics by Nikki Hager to uh, run a campaign against journalists laundered through an attack blog using the exact blueprint described in the book Dirty Politics. Mm. Um, nobody, seems to, nobody seems to be quite sure whether that would be dirty politics or well, not. Well, Winston Peters denies the, the account you, you, you just described. That, that's right. That's, it, I that, well, his denial is one of the two accounts he's given. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, as far, as far Maybe as if he does another Facebook Live, we'll get a decider account <laughs> that will, like... <laughs> If we recall in 2008, 
a kind of eerily similar series of events played out um, involving Winston Peters and the Prime Minister, who's the leader of the Labour Party. Um, I think Peters was Foreign Minister rather than Deputy Prime Minister, but uh, Helen Clark at the time, um, hi Helen, um, Helen Clark at the time had a conversation with Winston Peters, uh, after which he determined uh, to stand down, and he has a letter in his boot, which he carries around with him, <laughs> to prove this. Um, but whatever whatever went on in that conversation, we don't know. But Jacinda Ardern seems unwilling to have that conversation with him. So my question to you, O Scholar Ben Thomas, O Hansard Seer, what is the difference between 2008 and 2020? The difference is that Jacinda Ardern is no Helen Clark. Um, she is, unfortunately, because I think it's pretty well known, I like the Prime Minister, most people in New Zealand like the Prime Minister, um, she is being a supine weakling on this. Um, she is too afraid to even raise these matters with her Deputy Prime Minister. So that's not just the uh, SFO investigation into donations around the New Zealand First Foundation, which there are a lot of questions raised uh, by the Deputy Prime Minister himself and how he's discussed his relationship with the foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, which you would th- And, and the, after the electoral... Co- because remember, the, the earliest um, development in this story this year was that the Electoral Commission put out a statement saying that it, it had come to the conclusion or it had determined that donations made to the mysterious New Zealand First Foundation, which Winston Peters had always said nothing to do with, well, they're completely set up independently from the party and with no, you know, totally operated at arm's length, should have been declared as donations to New Zealand First and that they were not properly transmitted to the party. And then they referred that to the police because they said we don't have the investigatory powers to establish whether an offence has been committed just that this was done wrong under the law. Um, and then the police transferred that onto the serious fraud office who yesterday announced that they would be commencing a formal investigation. Now, you know, th- th- there are a lot of questions raised by that. This was the point when the SFO actually declared an investigation when Helen Clark agreed with Winston Peters to accept his offer, his gracious offer to stand down. Um, and I had expected that this might be the point at which Jacinda Ardern might decide that she wanted to uh, cauterise some of the damage mm. that New Zealand First Sleaze is doing to the Labour governments and her own brand of sort of kindness and positivity and mm. integrity. Um, she's chosen not to do that. Um, and the only explanation can be that she is afraid of that he will withdraw support for the government and that there will have to be an early election. Um, And there's good reason not to want an early election because there is a lot of money to be dealt out in the budget. There are a whole lot of kind of parts of wheels of government that have been choreographed to land... um, by, you know, August, September, right? Yeah, like, as, as you pointed out earlier, we've still got these referenda that need to be drafted properly. Mm. The cannabis... Re- if, if there was a snap election, certainly the cannabis referendum, it's hard to see how that could go ahead. Mm. Um, I don't know, I'm not maybe possibly the, the assisted dying. Anyway, it would just be... It would just Also, on top of all that, you get punished when you go to. So even though you're going to argue, well, New Zealand First would be punished, 
who knows? Well, yeah. and and also I think Labour will be much less uh, eager would be less eager to do that right now because we've now seen a couple of Colmar Brunton polls in succession, which would show National being able to form a government. Mm. Um, and the other thing is you've got to remember, you know, all the people in the Beehive are humans, so that all of the staffers and advisors around Ardern will all be thinking, shit, I don't want to lose my hundred and twenty grand a year job. I don't. You know, let's let's just let's just wait and see. Let's you know, and and we might think that's trivial oh. in terms of what's at stake in the country, but you know, people are only human. It just looks it like a like nuclear option. Simon's had a bit of fairy dust sprinkled on him with his well, with him announcing that he wouldn't go with Winston, and then like a week later, he Winston seems to. But I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned <clears throat> Simon Bridges, who we haven't got to yet, because I imagine there have been a few people who will have been screaming at their um, podcast machines um, while we've been talking about New Zealand First, that what about national, what about national? And indeed, I would posit that another part of the reason that Jacinda Ardern perhaps feels slightly less pressure to uh, do something drastic in relation to Winston Peters is because the opposition, the biggest party in New Zealand, is itself embroiled in a donation scandal, is itself in fact further down that path, is itself in fact, donations to it are the subject of four criminal charges, four individuals facing criminal charges rather, over donations to the National Party. We should stress Simon Bridges is not one of those, neither is anyone in the National Party, we're assured, Um, but the criminal charges. This is really serious. Um, three of them applied in the district court yesterday to have their name suppression lifted. It's why would serious you apply to business. have your name suppression lifted? I don't understand. Well, we don't know, but it might be so that they felt that they could um, have a clearer run at defending right, themselves. Okay. Um, it might be. Um, it, 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 it might be because they want. The, it might be that the fourth individual is different to the other three, and they want to separate themselves the, from the fourth. Who? They're what? They're what? Yeah, because there were three of them are on joint charges relating to the donations, and yes. one of them is on a charge of um, also on a charge is is all is 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 also faces an additional charge of trying to mislead the, the SFO. So okay. it could it could be we don't know that the three who have tried to get the name suppression lifted are the three who are not facing that charge, but it could be that they're trying to. It wouldn't be this a wild to speculate that it, that it might be right, but okay. but but this is this is really serious too. And um, of course, Simon Bridges can say, as he did on the radio this morning, that he doesn't know about the second charge of a hundred thousand dollars, and he can only speculate. But and there is an audio recording uh, which was released by um, someone by the name of Jamie Lee Ross uh, last year, um, which began a lot of all this, um, which showed that Simon Bridges did not. Uh, encourage anyone to break the law. Um, but the idea that somehow the National Party are absolutely loving it and sweet and, and, and in the clear is, I don't think, right. No, I mean, that that will swirl around them. And I think that the Prime Minister was probably counting on that a bit in terms of the narrative that they were trying to set early mm. in this year in terms of a positive campaign with, you know, based on the facts um, and, and shooing away negativity um, and and hoping for a contrast between you know bright shining beacon of the social democratic Western world Jacinda Ardern, and you know grumpy old Simon Bridges always banging on about gangs and cutting poor people's pay or something, and unfortunately 
you know that that gambit is is looking much less secure as time goes on because of the extent to which the prime minister has yoked herself to Winston Peters and the scandals surrounding him you know i mean national what what's the worst case scenario from national out of this that you know they're at least seen as only as bad as the party propping up Jacinda Ardern and the Labour mm. government Mm. Well, know, there is they've a bit got of way more wriggle room there. though, don't they? Because a, they're not having to like hold together a a, a coalition with a you know partner mm. under pressure. Two, they're mm. not the government. Three, none of their party or their people have been charged, so it's it's a lot easier for them to navigate their way through the shitstorm of it. I would think then. for now. For now, well, yeah. Who knows what is yet? To who come. knows what will um, come? Um, uh, hi, Helen. Uh, Helen Clark has um, kind of featured a bit in the first time news. caller, long time listener, Helen Clark. <laughs> Recently, um, L- long time letters to the editor, crank writer. The 2008 Helen Clark has inadvertently caused Jacinda Ardern a little bit of problem, but the 2020 edition of Helen Clark, jet setter, global diplomat, um, insofar as she became a very vocal, uh, strident uh, activist on the part of the besieged Concert FM. Um, and you got into it, you both got, you say you both got into rows with Helen Clark about this. Why can't Helen Clark stand up for a cultural taonga like the uh, like Concert Radio? First of all, I need to declare a conflict of interest which is that the the chair of RNZ is actually my flatmate <laughs> and my husband and the father of some of my children. <laughs> so I'm just going to put all my cards out on the table mm. right now. Yeah. Um, no, I, I saw that Helen started tweeting about our RNZ concert and she described the proposal to... Um, to redeploy the FM frequency that it's currently on to be used for a youth um, station. Mm. Um, She started describing it as marginalisation, which I have to say is a Māori. I found it a bit on the nose given that she confiscated the foreshore and seabed, um, which is uh, both a cultural and and a... resource tongue or I guess for for many Maori. Um and also she was the Minister of um, Culture and Heritage and during her time um, Te Matatini which is of course the um, National Kapahaka Organisation um, is completely underfunded by comparison to the Royal New Zealand Ballet and the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra so I shared with her a link to a story we did when I was at Native Affairs about the inequity in the funding of the arts that shows that in terms of reach, participation, audience, ratings, all of those things, the Matatini is grossly underfunded by comparison. So, And then she blocked And then she blocked <laughs> I mean, I, I, she's not here to defend herself against this ruthless attack from my two podmates, but... Um, she would say that, it, you, she might say, 
that it's not it's not a zero sum game. We can have all these. All, we should you know we should have a deeper, richer, better culture. But what is unequivocal, it seems to me, is that this was an incredible. This was a kind of this was a this was a best in class example. I've never have I seen a better example of a lobbying effort being swift and effective, including Grant Robertson sort of um, almost grovelingly on Twitter. Coming back she, to she was like, Helen Clark what are you going saying, to do? Oh, about we're going to look into it. <laughs> no, no, he's what was he? he started off with, We will, Helen. It was the very, I mean, this is this guy is the number you can't read tone on Twitter, I suppose, uh, but all it was, the same, it, it was quite it was, to behold, right? it was pretty demeaning from her former deputy chief of staff, Grant Robertson. Because so one thing about this government is that, um, you know, we sort of think, oh, you know, Helen Clark's a former prime minister. She's a private citizen. She's a concert music enthusiast. She should be allowed to say whatever she likes. And, you know, that's totally fair. But you shouldn't ever discount the idea that, you know, when she, mm. when Auntie Helen speaks, this is not just some private citizen musing out loud. She was the employer of Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister, Grant Robertson, the Finance Minister, Chris Hipkins, the Leader of the House, when they worked in her Beehive office. She has an enormous amount of sway and influence over these people. And what I thought was interesting about it, and wrote at length in the Sunday Star mm. Times about, was that in the same week that her, her uh, mm. eponymously named think tank Helen Clark Foundation released an extraordinarily tepid and uninspired mm. document on housing policy promoting policies that this government had ruled out a year ago. Which she's keen to point out was not her work. No, she's she, it's merely a foundation that takes her name. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But on the, uh, you know, during that week, all of her efforts were devoted to um, belittling Chris Farfoy on Twitter, uh, atting Grant Robertson, and fulminating um, about any diminution of the kind of privileged cultural space that boomers of her generation mm. enjoy. The good news is that it all worked out well and it looks like we're going to magically get both now. Um, uh, we'll have concert and we'll have the the youth media, the youth radio, the youth music, the what's a doodle. But wait, tune. there's more. Oh. No, it's not finished, actually. Oh, it's, it's not, it's not a happy ending because in the meantime, while this issue was resolved in a week with the political, with you know, the huge political will behind it, you know, I think about people like Kuirangi Waikerepuru and those kaumatua that had to go all the way to the Privy Council so that Māori could have, um, you know, get access to the airwaves and the you know the the underfunding of Maori radio for decades and decades and decades who literally um run stations on the me- memory of the smell of an oily rag um and who are actually responsible for revitalizing te reo Maori and the uh, um the the specific dialects of the areas that they broadcast in as well as creating programming for youth, for komatua, for giving people a gateway into the Māori broadcasting industry. Is there, are we going to see like a massive funding increase for those guys as well? Can Helen tweet up? 500k again. Um, Ella, 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 and others. Weberdale wrote a good piece about that on the spin-off. She did, can, thank you. Can, thank you, can, you, girlfriend. Which you can read. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we're out of time on this youth media brand, Gone by Lunchtime. Talk soon. Wait, one, one postscript from Annabelle Lee Mather. 
Um, I just really want to say thank you to the Free Speech Coalition, um, in particular like um, Don Brash and Chris Trotter and others for um, their outspoken support of Renee Maihi and her case against Bob Jones. Kia ora, kia ora koutou. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.